information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are absolutely positively in the right place. Let's see what the buzz on the street is. Okay, here we go. Here's a recent study from HBR.org. And let me just read one very compelling sentence. The sentence says, New research provides compelling evidence that diversity unlocks innovation and drives market growth. Now, I put a little extra emphasis on two words there if you pick those up, diversity and innovation. And that's what we're talking about today. Let me tell you more. With the commoditization of technology, your company, and I'm talking to our listeners all over the world. I know there are tens of thousands of you listening right now. Your company may be among the many that have focused on improving efficiencies. Okay, you've got the software, you've got the investment, and you just want to make things hard and move along and that's great. However, you may have used a cookie cutter approach. Okay, let's go through all of our business processes. Let's look at our organization models. Let's look at our data and our architecture. And you just cleaned everything up so wonderfully, something may have happened in the process. An unanticipated byproduct You are now stymied, stumped, and not having an easy path to innovation. Come on, you know innovation is what it's all about. You have to stay competitive. You have to stay real. You have to stay timely. You have to look ahead of the curve, out to new markets, out to being the disruptor, not the disrupted. So how can you fix this problem? Well, we have an answer today we're going to explore with our panel of experts. The answer we are going to suggest is you have to build in diversity at every level. Now, come on, when you hear diversity, especially especially on our our radio series, Changing the Game with HR, I do TV as well. You think diversity, okay, that means we have to have people from different backgrounds, with different points of view, with different training. Well, we're talking about diversity at multiple levels and multiple layers. Think big. Think diversity in your systems, in your data, in your architecture, in your processes, in your ecosystems, and of course, in your people and the skills they bring across your entire organization. So, Our topic today officially is Redefining Innovation to the Power of D, Multiple Layers of Diversity. And now let me tell you who our very special panelists are. Before we speak to them, I'm just going to tell you we have Bronwyn Hastings. She told me I can call her Bron. She's a Senior Vice President and the Head of Global Strategic Services Partners at SAP. She and I met at Sapphire in May in Orlando. We had a chance to chat, had a little interview, and I'm so pleased to welcome her here officially to Game Changers. We're also welcoming back a recent panelist. He is Darwin Diano at Deloitte Consulting, and he is the Principal and Chief SAP Leonardo Officer. And joining us is another newcomer, a colleague of Darwin's. She is Jody Staley. 
Deloitte Global SAP Alliance leader. So we have a panel packed with a lot of brain power. I'm now going to start off introducing Bron, Bronwyn Bron, and Bron has sent us a quote from William Longgood, L-O-N-G-G-O-O-D. And Bron, I searched everywhere all over the web. I couldn't find any biography of Longwood, Longgood, except I know he was born in 1917, if, I don't know when he died, because that's a 100 years. That's a long time. He still may be with us. I know that he wrote The Queen Must Die and Other Affairs of Bees and Me. I know he wrote Voices from the Earth, A Year in the Life of a Garden. I know he wrote The Poisons in Your Food. I know he wrote Talking Your Way to Success, a story of the Dale Carnegie course. But here is the quote Braun has selected from Mr. Longgood. Dreams and dedication are a powerful combination. Bronwyn Hastings, welcome to Game Changers. How are you, Braun? Thanks, Bonnie, and thanks for welcoming me on the show. And yes, I'd like to spend a minute, if I may, on just uh, um, explaining why I thought dreams and dedication are a powerful combination is important for this topic. And so I really chose this because of a sports analogy, actually from my past, my personal experience. And I hate to admit it, it was a long time ago. I was a gymnast. And I had a look at this quote and I thought, okay, so how do you stand out from the crowd? How do you get to the top of your game? How do you lead? And as a gymnast, we were challenged constantly mm-hmm. about what was the next move or the next trend-setting thing that everyone wanted to do that we could set. So if you think about that, um, you have to first of all imagine what's possible. And imagining what's possible physically, too, um, which, if you uh, perform successfully, uh, is great, and it's a trendsetter, but obviously there's a safety factor to this as well, which says mm-hmm. if you don't perform something that hasn't been done properly, uh, properly in the first place, then the consequence is a little bit more dire, like maybe injury. So I thought, you know, that analogy for me has really been part of how I look at a number of things. So imagine you incorporate the concept of dreams and dedication and with a little bit of poetic license on my part and details I always add to the end. Imagine you dream up a crazy idea Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're looking at this crazy idea with your coaches and team members and choreographers. Now you physically have to do something you actually don't have any idea how to do. You don't have any idea. You physically don't know how to do this. So you visualize it and you play with the idea and you calculate the risks. And then you put in dedicated, dedicated time and energy to the details of how are you going to make it work? And voila, all of a sudden magic happens and through that dedication, what you thought and others thought was not possible, you end up doing. So then I, I, I look at that and I say, how does this apply to exploring a redefining innovation to the power of D? And mm-hmm. for me, um, you know, I really look at this as how do you take innovative ideas and take it through to execution and value? So many people have ideas, but to dream without putting it into reality doesn't create an outcome. So for me, the D is not a little D. The D is a big D. It's so important that you create the expectation that innovation is a priority for the whole company 
and that everything you do is incorporated structurally, processes, and yes, of course, talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like the concept that innovation can be bred into a company's operating values. So if we think that, then everyone becomes the potential source of ideas. And diversity and inclusion absolutely shines in those environments. So, you know, the way I look at this, if you intentionally include diversity in all aspects of a company, people, processes, and everything that you do, it propels ideas and creativity towards execution, which is where the value is delivered. It creates the bridge. So for me, dreams, determination, and with a little bit of poetic license and detail, to include diversity in everything encapsulates innovation to the power of D. So that's how I chose my dreams and determination. Thank you, Bron. Very interesting. I'm I'm so intrigued to have the word dreams in there. I know Longgood uh, wrote about nature and bees and gardens and food and all that. We don't normally bring the word D. We have the D word diversity, but we don't normally bring the word dreams into a corporate conversation, Bron. This is something, uh, I have a job and I do this and I do that and my boss said this and my team is doing that and that's all terrific, but we don't say bring your dreams to work. Just briefly, Brian, is this a new concept, that level of dreams and bringing diversity? You said everyone is a potential source of new ideas. That's powerful. So are you telling people to bring their dreams of, of uh, innovation to work, Brian? Just, just a quick comment from you. What do you think? Yeah, and, and dreams for me are, you know, you can't always, consciously or unconsciously, your dreams are, are imaginative things, things that are really beyond the norm and can create, you know, things that you really want to achieve. So for me, that dreams, bring dreams, you know, bring what you imagine could happen. Take the barriers away, get out of the box. Those dreams can become the innovation dreams as well. So encouraging people to think really outside the box, even with the words we use. Instead of using traditional words, let's use something that's going to change the game too. Thank you very much. Thanks for bringing Game Changers in there, Bron. It's a pleasure to have you on. And if you ever discover a full bio of Mr. Longgood, I'd love to have it because I really, <laughs> I searched high and low, not even on Amazon, not even Goodreads. Nobody talks about who he is, where he comes from, his background. I'd love to know. So I might have to buy one of his books or read The Flyleaf. I don't know. Thank you, Bron. Welcome to Game Changers. And now we're going to welcome back Darwin Deanna, who is on recently. And Darwin has sent us a very interesting quote from Deepak Chopra. Anybody doesn't know, Chopra was, he's a young guy, born in 1946. I'm allowed to say that. American author, public speaker, alternative medicine advocate, and he was prominent in the New Age movement. He's become one of the best known and wealthiest figures in alternative medicine. I'll just leave that one alone. He did gain a big following. Darwin we all know this, but you and I know this, but the listeners might not. He became, got a big following in 1993 after Oprah Winfrey 
invited him on her TV show, and he became a wow sensation because she talked to him about his books. He left the uh, Transcendental Meditation Movement after he met the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi in 1985. He left that and became the executive director of Sharp Healthcare Center for Mind-Body Medicine and the Chopra Center for Well-Being in 1996. Very interesting. Here's the quote. You knew I'd get around to it eventually, Darwin. Every time you are tempted to react in the same old way, ask if you want to be a prisoner of the past or a pioneer of the future. I'm loving this quote, Darwin. Welcome back. How are you today? Very good, Bonnie. And um, I really think the quote is very applicable to our topic today. It certainly is. So talk to me. What are we talking about in terms of diversity, multiple levels, the power of D? Tell me how, how Dr. or Mr. Chopra would relate to this topic. Absolutely. And, and actually, I think um, Braun touched on a lot of this, um, which is, you know, the reality is, and you articulated it in your introduction as well, is you know, what we're seeing in the enterprise today is, you know, the enterprise version of learned helplessness, right? Uh, as you articulated, the corporation of today is so focused on operations, efficiency, and not making mistakes. Somehow, we've gotten this mistaken notion that we need permission to ideate, to innovate, to dream, as Braun stated, right? So I picked that quote because, you know, it's a call to action. It's encouraging everyone to dream, to visualize in vivid detail, as Braun articulated, and, you know, to embed innovation into the culture, right? Um, uh, so I, I, I am loving how our, our D is evolving, uh, diversity and now dreaming and and hopefully uh, we can mobilize um, the enterprises to, uh, to follow suit uh, and build that innovation culture. Thank you, Darwin. That was very profound. I was trying to, to, to uh, type this in and tweet it at the same time. You said the learned habit of, and what was the word that followed that? Just help me out here. The learned habit um, of? So I actually, uh, I was referring to learned helplessness. Learned helplessness. Ah, that's it. Thank you very much. An artificial, artificial uh, perception of helplessness uh, brought about by years and years of just chasing um, profit margins and lower cost. Wow, 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 wow. Thank you very much. Very profound. Really appreciate that. Uh, we're going to have to really, really think about that one. Let's see if we get any comments here. We're tweeting at hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. And we have quite a few people joining us on our Twitter party. And thank you, Darwin. And now we're going to bring on our other newcomer. She's Jody Staley, also at Deloitte. And Jody has sent us a quote from Walter Chrysler. Jody, I was fascinated. I found a huge bio on him on Wikipedia. If I read it, it would take up the whole show, but he didn't start out in the car business. He started out as an apprentice in the railroad shops in Ellis, Kansas. He was a machinist and a mechanic. He had a quick temper. He was a restless guy. He roamed around and learned everything he could as a mechanic, a foreman, a superintendent, and a general master mechanic. And then one day somebody called him up and said, hey, would you ever give any thought to working in the automobile field? And fast forward a couple of decades later, he financed the construction of the Chrysler Building in New York in 1930. He was named Time Magazine's Man of the Year in 1928 and inducted into the Automotive Hall of Fame in 1967. He started Buick. 
at in 1911 for $6,000 a year salary. He started there. He left as one of the richest men in America. He sold his Chrysler. He sold his GM stock for $10 million. Everybody who doesn't know Walter Chrysler, go look him up. Fascinating uh, nobody to somebody story. So, Jody, I eventually will get to the quote, and here's the quote you picked from Mr. Walter Chrysler. The real secret of success is enthusiasm. And I think I've certainly uh, conveyed that he was enthusiastic about everything he did. Jody Staley, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Thanks. I'm great. Excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Talk to me about why you picked this quote. Fascinating. Well, everything you, you just said, it, um, it's all about taking chances, isn't it? Uh, but I picked the quote, honestly, because I thought it was short and sweet. And I'm a, a big fan of keeping it simple, even when it comes to innovation, bring out the ideas, but don't overthink them, get into a, a mode of fast failure, if you will. Um, but I also think if we do our jobs in that way, it, it becomes more fun and, and seems like less of a job. Um, and in the same token, I mean, innovation and evolution in the work that we're doing and the workplaces that we work in is already happening. So I think to go back to the word enthusiastic, it's time for us to get enthusiastic about embracing that change and seeing what we can do with it. Very, very well put. Um, thank you very much, Jody. I, I just am so intrigued with Walter Chrysler. I just want to see if there's a book. Uh, Ron, maybe uh, Longwood wrote a book about Walter Chrysler. I don't know. And then we, we'll get the we'll get the bio. The bio that's missing for Longwood is made up in spades in the bio of Chrysler. And let's uh, circle around the table. Bronwyn Hastings at SAP. Pleasure to have you here. And now it's time for us to learn a little bit more about you. We didn't know you were a gymnast in your prior life, and that was interesting. But now we want to know a couple of things. Where are you calling from in general? Not the Google map coordinates to the roof of your house or the number on your office door. And we want to know, what's your favorite drink in the whole wide world? And this part of the show is called what's in your cup today. Bron, talk to me. Okay, so I am uh, in, calling in from the U.S. on the East Coast, and this one was a challenging one for me because I thought time of day, you know, what's my favorite drink? And I was thinking lemongrass, spritz, you know, something a little bit interesting. But then I, I looked out the window, and I'll have to tell you what crossed my mind and why I'm choosing this. I looked out the window, and I see some trees are changing color, and the leaves are starting to go, the orangey color that starts to warn me that the cold is coming. And who, for people that know me, um, me and cold weather do not go together at all. So I need to start feeling like there's summer somewhere in the world and being a very global traveler, summer somewhere in the world. So I decided I'm going to go sit myself in my, think, my thinking on a, uh, a beach with water and palm trees with a pina colada. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I think we're close behind. We're following you there. Absolutely. Uh, very, <laughs> thank you very much, Bron. I appreciate it. Okay, let's turn to it and leave that one alone. Darwin, Deanna, where are you calling from today? And Darwin, we've done this before. Do you have a different drink for me or do you want to repeat what you did last time? Talk to me. Oh, variety is the spice of life, Bonnie. So um, I'm calling from Chicago, um, like I was last time. But the drink today is uh, something called Bulletproof Coffee. Mm -hmm. I've heard of it. It has something to do with butter and they call it motor oil, a certain kind of grass-fed <laughs> butter. Tell me what your version is, Darwin. I haven't heard that one in a while. Go ahead. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's very simple. It's a combination of uh, MCT oil, which is something you extract from coconuts, as well as um, a little bit of um, unsalted uh, grass-fed butter. Um, so it's a very low-calorie drink. <laughs> Have you tried it? And what does it do for you? I've got a website here, a blog called blog.bulletproof.com. We've got bulletproof.com coffee and drinks. Uh, we've got Bulletproof Coffee News Fighting Fatigue. Here are six ways to charge, recharge your personal battery. And all kinds of, we have bulletproof.com slash coffee. So does it work for you, Darwin? You know, it might be a uh, placebo e- effect, but um, I-, I think it does. It does. It, it, uh, the, the caffeine certainly uh, gets you up in the morning. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, the extra ingredients um, do seem to get you into a state where you're thinking more sharply. Um, but that might just be my imagination, but I'm going with it. <laughs> okay, I'm glad. And by the way, Dave Asprey is the creator of the company Bulletproof Coffee that started the popularity of this concoction. A, they claim the high-fat diet can actually lead to weight loss. There are skeptics, of course, but there are all kinds of quotes. Some people add turmeric, cardamom, cinnamon, nutmeg, cocoa butter, and cocoa powder. Very interesting. And some people love the, the slimy, oily, and some people say not so much. One person here on the site says, my grandma used to do this to tea and coffee 40 years ago, only it was real butter, cream style. There you go. Thank you, Darwin. We haven't had that mentioned on Coffee Break with Game Changers in a couple of years. So thank you for bringing that back into style. And now let's turn to Jody Staley. Jody, where are you calling from, or we're calling you today? And what do you love to drink, Jody? Yeah, so today I'm actually calling from London, um, and when in London, I think your drink of choice needs to be a gin and tonic, uh, but it is still the middle of the day, so I'm deferring to sparkling water at this moment, but, but definitely gin and tonic when I'm in London. Well, we were all expecting you to say tea. You really, really threw me around on that one. Do you have a favorite kind of a gin that goes with the tonic, Jody? You're allowed to say we know it's, well, it's later there than it is here. It's 1123 on the East Coast in in, uh, the U.S. where I am in Durham, North Carolina right now. But uh, do you have a favorite kind of gin you'd recommend? I like a lot of gins. It's a long story, but a, a colleague of mine and I are on a gin safari to try to, to find <laughs> unique gins as we travel to our client sites around the world and, and try to experience new things. So we have a gin safari, so I don't have a favorite, really. Well, you just made my day with the gin safari. And to our listeners, Jody and I did not rehearse this routine where I say, Jody, do you have a favorite gin? She's, no, I'm on a gin safari. I had no idea. Jody, that was beautiful. Thank you very much. Oh, I have to tell the three of you, Darwin knows this. The ladies don't. They don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days. Uh, so all I'm allowed to have today is cool, clear water and a cool, clear mug. I have a pink straw because it's very overcast here in Durham, and I would love it to be sunny. So I'm hoping through the through the message of the pink straw that the sun comes out later today, not tomorrow, tomorrow also, but later today. If you're just tuning in, this is Coffee Break with Game Changers. If you're keeping count, and I am, this is episode number 298 since our first show, October 5th, 2011. That was how many years ago? Six. Oh my goodness, six years ago 
Today, we started Coffee Break with Game Changers. I think it's an anniversary. We're going to celebrate with Jody on a gin safari. There you go. Uh, and our topic today is a very interesting one, redefining innovation to the power of D, multiple layers of diversity. Now, if you think that diversity is just relating to your talent pool, different people, different backgrounds, different genders, different ages, different perspectives, different education, different approaches to work, we are expanding that concept, the power power of D to everything in your company, your data, your architecture, your planning, your organizational models, your processes, everything. It's a big topic, and that's why we have three experts today. We have Bronwyn Hastings, Senior VP at SAP. We have Darwin Deano at Deloitte Consulting and Jody Staley also at Deloitte. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I think we've all deserved a little break here. We're going to take 90 seconds. You can count them along with us. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial when we come back. Bron will give me a topic to start the roundtable, and we'll really take a deep dive. So I'll say to our engineer extraordinaire, Kevin, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Realize we're celebrating our sixth anniversary. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's six years since we went on the air. Very appreciative. So here we go. And we're talking today to Bron Hastings, to Darwin Deano, and Jody Staley. And our topic is a very important one. Redefining innovation to the power of D, multiple layers of diversity. Here's what Bron told me in her notes before the show. She said the following, and we're going to combine a couple topics here, Bron. Number one, she says, commitment to diversity is much more than a cultural nice to have. And she put quotes around nice to have. And then she continues, the cornerstone to innovation is the diversity of those who participate in the creative process and the unique perspectives they bring to the organization. Bron, talk to me, please. 
Thanks, Bonnie. So for me, I look at these two statements and I say, how are these two things linked? How do we know that diversity should be a strategic component of an organization's ability to innovate, um, their, their ability to understand their customers, and their ability to outperform their competition. How do we know? And you mentioned it in the opening where you said there's lots of research now. So there's research showing up with so many examples where we say 85% of enterprises agree that diversity results in more innovative ideas, a Forbes quote. Or we say inclusive workplaces have 39% higher customer satisfaction. Well, that's a good thing for a company to have. That was Bob Phillip. And then diversity includes uh, from the top 50 companies outperform stock exchange by an average of 25%. So those statements are not only about people. They're about how companies perform when diversity is a fundamental of what they do. If we look at the dynamic digital economy um, that's in play at the moment in the market, to innovate does require the diversity of thought, experience, and background. And, Bonnie, you mentioned it's not only about thought, experience, and background, but I would challenge a little that Mm -hmm. to create create, um, a diversity of process and a diversity of systems actually uh, needs a diversity of thought as the first part of it. So for me, the cornerstone of innovation, and I do want to start with people, is the diversity of those who participate in the creative process. Personally, I think it's a fundamental because it's people who create the decision of how processes work. It's people who create what systems are required and it's people who have to have the foresight to use data in creative ways. So I am going to start with people and, um, and, and just sort of spend a few minutes talking about that. It's about valuing the difference and the uniqueness of a perspective, um, what they bring to the table. And really this uniqueness quite often inspires us to rethink what's possible. And I keep going back to my dream and then determination and detail. Um, It inspires us to think, is there something else that's possible? And that creates what comes next in system solutions, data, etc. So in in a digital economy, this, this unique perspective can unlock the innovation that we're looking for to move us to the next level. And, and if you think about how do breakthrough ideas come about, and it's, it comes from where we started, you know, my quote again, they can come from anywhere. So, so the, in, the, the most important thing that we can do is to find a way to collaborate and harness that to become the value a company extracts. So let's let's look at some examples of this. And you know, and our autism at work colleagues that we have are an important part of our commitment to innovation. Why is that? We believe that only through the different perspectives that people can bring is innovation uh, more complete and rich and rewarding for companies, partnerships, and employees. So 
when you hire someone like a skilled colleague um, on the autism spectrum, what do they come to the company with? What do they turn up with? They turn up with a real desire, resilience, and dedication to contribute to the company. And what do they bring that's different? What's unique? The uniqueness that they contribute. It could be things like visual learning skills and ability to recognize patterns. Um, And it could be something like attention to detail and the ability to spot deviation and data information and systems. Just think about that in our world. Um, It could be a high, uh, uh, you know, diligence on uh, looking for mistakes. It could be something like a predictability and structure and process orientation. So that's extremely valuable as a perspective when you're Mm -hmm. looking for innovation. Um, And so I ask myself this question all the time. How inclusive is the culture of the team I'm creating? And as leaders, I think we must challenge ourselves and ask if all members of our teams have the freedom to raise the tough issues and the process, you know, propose new ideas or or something that's really different. Maybe something that we don't do today. Um, and, And, you know, are we really enabling or consciously being inclusive and diverse for the perspectives that it brings us? I love to quote the Darwin News, it's learned helplessness. Mm-hmm. How different yeah, how different would it be if instead of learned helplessness we were creating learned culture of innovation and inclusion? If if only we can Brown, we we can dream. You know what? I wanna you've had such an opportunity to share such great information and perspective and I I like the way you reflected on your own team and and the dream part. I'd love to get Darwin Deano and Jody Staley in here to get their comments before we go too much deeper because we have so much territory to cover. So forgive me, I'm going to ask Darwin to chime in. Darwin, we have a lot of content Braun has shared here and it's so good for what we're talking about, this power of D. So Darwin, why don't you chime in here? We'd love to get your thoughts. I... You know, it's just wholehearted agreement to what Braun is articulating. And, you know, when trying to talk to people about how we should think about innovation, I looked at parallels, right? And there are two parallels um, that come to mind, right? Um, one, the innovation mindset is very similar to the entrepreneurial mindset. And if you look at that, there are many data points there, right? Um, so, for example, I think HBR um, published an article about how immigrants play a disproportionate role in American entrepreneurship, right? How even though immigrants only account 15% of the general U.S. workforce, but 25% of the entrepreneurs, and how 35 to 40% of new firms have at least one immigrant entrepreneur involved, and this reinforces what Braun described earlier about, you know, that different perspective, right? Um, uh, by default, automatically, um, you know, contributes into this melting pot of ideas and drives innovation, right? And you can say the same thing for, for gender diversity, right? You know, 40% of the workforce are women. Over the last five years, um, across 61 economies, uh, the entrepreneurs... Uh, 
uh, the entrepreneurial activity for women increased by six percent, right? And there are now more than mm-hmm. two hundred million dollar, uh, two hundred million women entrepreneurs globally. So um, these are data points which are you know parallels to you know how that can really drive innovation. So I wholeheartedly agree with um, what uh, Braun had articulated, and uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm dreaming, and I'm thinking about how we, <laughs> how we can take this to work. We have to change the title of, the, of this episode, Braun, to uh, The Power of D-Diversity <laughs> and Dreams. There we go. Uh, Jody Staley, we need to hear from you. Jody, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's interesting, and, and Braun brought up the point of diversity and thought, and when I was thinking about the topic you're trying to stay away from, you know, the traditional views of diversity because this is about something bigger. But I think it's an important point that the people angle is still critical to the process. Um, and I think it's, it's changing because it's not always easy. And the Huffington Post actually had an article about diversity in the decision-making process and how it's really not meant to be comfortable, but it's meant to drive results. And, and I thought that was interesting. So, it really is about bringing new people to the table based on their roles, their experience, and their point of view to really get to the right result. And I think for a lot of organizations, that's not easy, but we all have to start down that path to really make a difference. Thank you, Jody. Braun, I'm going to give you a, a minute here to wrap this one up. You started a very good conversation here, and then I'm going to pick something from Darwin's list. So, Braun, any comments on what Darwin and Jody yeah. added? Yeah, I think I'd summarize it as, uh, you know, the, this, this, beyond the business benefits of what is, uh, the statistics that we all have that is clearly proving this. Um, there were two things I, I just wanted to close with. And one was I read, read on Richard Branson and LinkedIn uh, a note about diversity, which he said dyslexic thinking has helped us shape the world with light bulbs, planes, and cars. My question is, what is the impact going to be that you bring to the table? And my last quote, I just love these ones that we use, and it's, it's, so if it's not about the difference, it's about making a difference. If it's about uh, bring everything you are and become everything you want, because diversity brings innovation to the power of D, is what I sort of encapsulated the people piece about. Thank you very much, Bron. I appreciate that. And Darwin, I'm looking at your notes here, and we're going to move this conversation from the people part into the process part. I'm very intrigued with your notes. You say to be successful with innovation, you, meaning the companies and the people listening around the world, you need to architect process diversity by transcending process boundaries. Let me read one more. The processes and corresponding systems that are prevalent today are largely based on business models and technology that existed 30 years ago. Wow, I think we call that set in stone. Darwin, why don't you tell us more, please? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, as we were talking about this, um, uh, I happened to be on the same flight with somebody from the World Health Organization. And I promise there's a correlation to to this topic, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So... We were talking about this, and I was sharing. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get bored with this because I'm talking about innovation. And I thought that you know he was nodding vehemently, and I thought the poor doctor was uh, just being very nice to me. Um, but then he said, actually, there's a correlation to innovation and diversity with the family doctor. 
Really? So he said, yeah. So he said that, you know, hmm. numerous studies have been shown that adding one primary care physician per 10,000 population decreases mortality and improves overall health. Whereas a greater supply of specialty physicians was associated with higher mortality. So he says this is because specialists treat the disease while family doctors treat the patient. They are not a hammer looking for a nail. They are required to have the most diverse perspective considering Mm -hmm. family history, socioeconomic factors. You know, for example, a a child's recent emergence of uh, ADD symptoms could be related to the mother's depression or the husband's alcoholism. Mm -hmm. So don't treat the disease. Instead, treat the patient. So how does this relate to digital innovation, right? Don't treat the sales problem. Treat the business problem, which could span across sales, supply chain, um, uh, logistics, transportation, finance, and including third parties that are not part of your corporation, right? Don't treat the IoT problem within the enterprise. Instead, treat the business problem across the whole ecosystem. Um, so I, I thought, you know, there was a very, very strong parallel, which, you know, when he first started to talk, confused me, but he has a point. And that's exactly what um, innovation uh, diversity is all about when you talk about processes, because, um, you know, uh, the boundaries, uh, as you stated earlier, are largely artificial and outdated mm-hmm. because they were from 30 years ago. If you invented the corporation today, you wouldn't necessarily define the boundaries um, as hard or in the same way that they've been. So um, it's another construct that has contributed to this learned helplessness we were describing earlier. So, so, uh, so you know, so that's why I think the topic is uh, very related to uh, our innovation to the power of diversity and dreaming. Thank you, Darwin. When you're talking, it makes me think of the old phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Remember that? Right? Yeah. Talking about processes, it's in place, it works, it's good enough. We've always done it this way. Let me get Jody Staley in here. Jody, what do you think about process diversity? Love to get your thoughts. Yeah, I think when when Darwin was talking, it sort of drew me to, to thinking about trying to solve a business problem internally and not looking at the ecosystem while you're doing that. And I think that that is a challenge as we move forward with innovation, because it's much more, solving a business problem is much more about just what's going on internally. It's all about the ecosystem and the doors that that opens, the new channels, the new engagement you can have with your client. So as we're looking inside, we also need to take an outside looking in view as well. Thank you very much. Bron, thoughts about process diversity. What's your observation? I know you have one. What do you think? <laughs> uh, looking at this, and I think it's, it's all of the things that have been said, but one of the things that it ha- is created by uh, companies have a, a, an existing environment, and they, they need to look after that to keep the company going, but it also creates unconscious biases. And so one of the additional things I think is, you know, um, are we are we able to remove unconscious biases in processes, and how do we do that? And how do we make sure that you know the, the data and the the uh, information that we've got today can move us consciously past unconscious biases to be able to get to the innovation and the dream? 
Thank you. That's an interesting perspective. We have diversity of perspectives here on this panel, and that's why we invited all of you. I tell you what, Darwin, I'm going to let you wrap this one up quickly, and I have another topic I want to squeeze in here from Jody's notes, something we haven't quite talked about yet. So, Darwin, any comments on what Braun and Jody said? Yeah, I mean, I think very simply that what we're seeing evolve in this conversation is how it's a a compounding effect, right? The different perspectives are pointing to the same thing about the value of diversity and innovation. Um, It's not necessarily just people. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's very rich, and and I fully agree with the whole unconscious bias and ecosystem comments that um, both Bron and and Jody mentioned. So, um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Thank you very much, uh, Jody. I'm looking at your notes here, and let's talk about different types of diversity and innovation. You also bring up including diversity and innovation in the ecosystem, but I think I want to go to the C-suite here. You say, innovation decisions are diversifying across the C-suite, no longer resists an IT decision or even a finance decision to maximize the benefits of innovation in our digital economy. A diversified layer of decision makers is needed. This sounds... Jody, I'm going to use the R word, revolutionary, in terms of a company saying, well, let's hold up the mirror. Let's look and see who's running the show. Let's see who's in the C-suite. Let's see who gets to sign on the dotted line virtually or on a DocuSign document. Uh, Jody, this sounds very interesting. Talk to me. What do you mean? Yeah, so I think, Bonnie, we might have covered this a little bit when we were talking about the people angle with with Braun earlier. Um, But when we look at the C-suite and and bringing in, you know, digital innovation officers and, and new roles into the decision-making process, it's, decisions aren't made within one process silo anymore because decisions made in the supply chain have direct impact into finance and into IT. And when we're looking at technology purchases, they're no longer made by the CIO. They're really made by the business. And, and a lot of that is because of the business value conversations that are happening. Um, today, everybody, everybody has a back office system mm-hmm. running their enterprise. So to move them into new technologies is really a value discussion rather than a purchase discussion. Um, and to get that out of the conversation from a value point of view, you need that diversity in the decision-making process of people bringing those different roles and experiences to the table. So, Jody, how how do you empower HR to write ads for hiring, for recruiting? Are we talking about bringing in uh, a whole flood load of millennials to bring in a new perspective, a new diversity, changing the processes, as Darwin just talked about, transcending those boundaries? How do you get that lifeblood started again? How do you energize that in the C-suite, in IT, and finance? How do you do it? Yeah, I, I think... There's a lot happening in in talent recruitment, and millennials is certainly one of those. But there are a lot of people within the organization, as we empower them to think differently, who are embracing that as well. Um, There's there's some theories out around the future of work and how innovation is is changing how people do their jobs. And, And it's opening up a whole new area for folks getting out of transactional processing and, and really moving into more strategic roles within an organization, and that also brings higher-paying roles into organizations for people, um, which I think is inspiring and, and does, back to my earlier point, does draw some enthusiasm in the workplace as, as we start to look at the work actually changing. 
Thank you. And speaking of enthusiasm, let's get Bron to comment on this. I know I can I hear her thinking. I can hear the wheels spinning. Bron, thoughts about these changing roles and this new energizing in the C-suite. What do you observe, Bron? Yeah, I, I totally agree with what Jody's just said, but I'll just add a little bit more color from, from what we're seeing. Um, so, so fragmentation uh, really is almost uh, the opposite of where digital innovation goes. And this digital innovation, if you talk about a customer experience, you really talk about a customer experience, it, it's never siloed. It goes from the time someone let's say it's a transaction, does something through to the time they, or even the first time they see the brand, all the way through to the time they receive something. So if you think about that as a process, fragmentation isn't king in that world. It has to be this digital innovation layer where, to Jody's point, who's making that decision and where do you make that decision actually changes. And the dynamics of that changes. So that, I, I agree with Jody on that one completely. The second thing I think when you spoke about, you know, millennials, I, I believe we, we're talking about uh, labels. And I, I think to Jody's point is that actually it's more important right now to have the thinking rather than the label. And, you know, in my, in my view, my personal view is this, this ability for people to think, to have millennial thinking is, mm-hmm. is, is something that's maybe different, right? And rather than labeling groups of ages of people, perhaps creating the ability to get people to look at innovation and to create the synergies of bringing different perspectives of thinking together creates that incremental value rather than the label itself. And so for me, that diversity of thinking uh, and moving to incremental value for the individual, the customers, the partnerships, and the company is really the thing that's the core. Thank you, Bron. That was interesting. You're talking about diversity of thinking and millennial thinking. It's not the age group. It's the style of thinking. It's the thought process, the approach breaking down those boundaries. Uh, Darwin, I'm going to give you one minute to respond to what Jody started and what Bron added, and then I'm going to go back around the table to Bron, and we are officially now in the crystal ball predictions round. So, Darwin, you want to wrap this one up for me, please? Yes, uh, happy to. Right. So I think the only comment I throw in there is that, you know, um, yes, we should look to infuse new talent, but we should also look to transform the existing talent, right? Um, currently working with the CFO to apply machine learning to finance. And, you know, we said, okay, machine learning is all about the algorithm. Great. Okay, algorithm is all about the data. Great. Then we need an army of data scientists because we can't solve this. And we said, hey, wait a second. Your whole finance department knows your data like no other. You just have to mm-hmm. free them to think differently. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would say HR, don't just look outside to bring new talent. Look at how you can transform the existing um, assets that you have in, in your people. Thank you, Darwin. Great, very astute comment. And, Bron, I'm going to circle back to you. I can give you, let's take 60 seconds each, and we really have to keep it tight. Bron, look into the crystal ball, please. I know you're always looking forward. I can tell from the way you approach this topic so beautifully. Bron, let's look at around the year 2020. 
What will change dramatically about this topic, multiple layers of diversity as the power of D to redefine innovation? Bronwyn Hastings, 60 seconds, go. So, so Bonnie, I I took a look at this a little bit differently and said, rather than looking at 2020 to predict the future, imagine if we actually created it. So I said, what happens if we create the future of innovation to the power of D? Make it a reality in companies today so that by 2020, we are harnessing the power of innovation through the power of D, through not only the processes, the systems, the data, the innovation, all the things that Darwin and Jody also mentioned. Imagine if we had that lens, that diversity was there, and we had completely satisfied employees, customers, and high-performing companies. Imagine that as 2020, because we've created it, we're not predicting it. That's even more powerful. Create the future. Okay. I think there are some famous quotes around that one, Bron. We can add your words to that list. Thank you very much. Darwin Deano at Deloitte, I can give you as well 60 seconds. Let's go. So I think one of the considerations that whenever we're talking about diversity that we need to infuse is the fact that the reality of the digital twin is already here. Right? So when you talk about diversity, it's not only about bringing different perspectives, different processes, different data, but also how do we incorporate and leverage the digital twin enabled by machine learning, AI, and all these capabilities so that we could transform the enterprise to evolve and, and, and think about new ways to do business that weren't possible before. And I think the ability to do that will become more and more important. Thank you very much. Brief and to the point. I appreciate that. Jody Staley, I save 60 seconds for you. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. So as, as we talk about decisions and data and processes today, it, it's still a conversation of this is new to an organization and we need to embrace it. But I think as we look forward, these types of conversations around diversity are really going to become table stakes for an organization and it's going to be necessary for them to be successful in the future. Okay, that was brief and to the point. Thank you very much. I have, uh, let me see something now. Uh, I'm going to ask for a prediction on an HR topic around the table. We have three minutes left. I'm going to use one of them, Kevin, for a lightning round here. First, Braun, then Darwin, and then Jody. Uh, how long do you think it will be before a big enterprise, let's say a company with, let's say, 50,000 employees with a global footprint in any industry will have somebody under the age of 35 as the CEO? Maybe it already exists. I don't know. Bron, is that something in the near future? I'm talking millennial thinking here. What do you think? Real fast. I, I, I would actually think that it already exists. Okay. Darwin, what do you think? Is it happening? It, it's already here. The CFO yeah, of Craft exactly. Science is 29 years old. Okay. There you go. I was looking for a reality check. Jody, any observations? Should I have set my sights on somebody 21 years old or 25, Jody? Maybe. I feel like Darwin stole my thunder with the CFO. <laughs> How dare he? Okay, I'll have to come up with a different lightning round question next time. I want to thank our panelists. We're just about out of time. Bronwyn Hastings, such a pleasure. I really enjoyed meeting you at Sapphire Now 2017 in Orlando a few months ago. And a pleasure to have you back here with me for a full full episode of Game Changers Radio. I hope you enjoyed yourself, Bron, and keep thinking forward. Darwin Deanna, you've been on before. I think you're scheduled to come on again in a couple of weeks with another topic, and we appreciate that very much. 
That's a great topic, by the way. And Jody Staley, it's been a pleasure to meet you. And a shout out to all the people behind the scenes who put this together. Shout out to my colleague, Christine Evans at SAP. And of course, to Carla Neal at Deloitte and everybody else who helped to get this together. So I'm going to give my call to action here. We have a minute left and it's time. And thank you also to Kevin Gassman, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the business channel. We are now, uh, let's see, tomorrow we have a new episode of the Internet of Things with Game Changers Radio, one of our most popular series next to this one coffee break. And we're going to be talking about conversational AI. Oh, my. That's all I'm going to say. So here's my call to action. I'm getting to it. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Bron Hastings, just like Darwin Deano, and just like Jody Staley. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 